This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. After Chelsea's Arsenal annihilation, it's over to City in the title race with Guardiola's men welcoming brothers in arms West Ham to the Etihad Stadium this evening. Will it be more happy families between the West Hamchester City clan or will a sibling feud filter its way through? It's Wednesday the 3rd of May. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Joe Ritchie. And this is the City Report podcast. Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. This episode of the City Report podcast is sponsored by Discount Dragon. Just like Johnny Stones, we know that bargains get the blues excited and you can find all of the best brands at better value over on Discount Dragon. If you're a new customer, you'll even be able to grab yourself an extra £5 off any order that you place. So get over to Discount Dragon as quick as you can. UK only, terms and conditions apply. Welcome back listeners. Um, Straight off the bat, we're back to football. Speaking about football today, yesterday, if you haven't already, I was joined by Adam, as always, and Ollie Kirsch, and we spoke about the current ticket situation at City. It was a longer episode, so if you haven't got time today, make sure you find some time, hopefully, in the next seven days, ten days, whenever it is. Bookmark that podcast, because it certainly was a good one. In the meantime, Joe, welcome back. How are you doing, mate? I'm good. Yeah, it's, it's been a bit, uh, I, I would say, too, on on touching upon that episode from yesterday, even from, you know, an abroad fan, right, who doesn't get to go to many matches, I think Mm -hmm. if you're listening, you're thinking, oh, that doesn't really apply to me. It's still an important episode. It really does impact us all in in one way or another. So I definitely encourage anyone, you know, whether they live in England or not to, to give it a listen. 
We're gonna we're gonna get into the West Ham game shortly. There's just a couple of news stories that dropped late last night in terms of City's transfer dealings, and and I think this time of year we're usually accustomed to big news stories dropping. I remember the Erling Haaland one. It was about this time of year when that started really picking up pace. City announced him before the season finished. The treble is on, touch wood at the moment, so I don't think it's any surprise the big news stories haven't filtered through yet. However, there have been a couple which we'll we'll, we'll, we'll sort of get through before we get on to West Ham. One I want to pick up on straight away is a report in in the mail, and and it it covers two parts. We'll get to the second one in a moment. But the first part, maybe a major part here, is Cole Palmer. City could be about to lose Cole Palmer this summer. Presumably that would be letting him go as opposed to sort of somebody swooping in and taking them off his hands and him deciding to leave. It's been a weird season. I, I put him in the Calvin Phillips bracket of not really having had a chance, so it's difficult for me to really assess where he's at. First season of senior football, I think it could be a little short-sighted if they were to let him go without having a, a top-class replacement to come in and sort of elevate that position even further. Yeah, I mean, I guess I should start by saying I, I am a huge admirer of Cole Palmer, both in what he's shown at the youth level, but what I believe he can do at the senior level. Uh, for me, it, it I, I don't really understand. I mean, I get that obviously this season, like you said, has been a little bit of Calvin Phillips where a couple of injuries here or there, you know, not getting a real run in the team. When he does, he's thrown in off the bench, maybe at left wing, at a, at a 10 position. I mean, to me, he is the Riyad Mars replacement. I'm not saying Riyad Mars should leave this summer. I'm saying he is the the heir to Riyad Mars' right wing throne. I think he he's a player who probably lacks the tactical flexibility that most players in the front six have, um, similar to Riyad Mars. But when you put him on the right, it doesn't matter what level, what league, what day of the week he's playing, he can take on any defender and cause problems. He also just signed an extension to 2026. So it's not like you know City need to really make a, long-term decision anytime soon um but for me i think worst case scenario as someone who's a huge admirer is he goes out on loan i just don't i don't see a scenario where you pull a romeo lavia sell him somewhere and have a buyback Mm -hmm. i I, I think that's just short-sighted like you said um and the other thing is there's been a lot of discussion both officially and, and unofficially about city potentially looking at a winger in in this summer's market well why you you could in theory have <laughs> Phil, Jack, Riyad, and Cole for two positions. He's already not getting enough minutes as is. I get that, but why would you then go get another winger, spend money when, in my opinion, you have a capable backup right there? Riyad's only getting older. In theory, his minutes will go down. Phil, you know, depending on the match, maybe transitioning into kind of a, a attacking midfielder role. So I just I, I feel like there's an opportunity here for Cole. And I just think it'd be very short-sighted to see him move on in, in any capacity. Yeah, absolutely. And and you mentioned the loan there. I think one of the the major parts of sort of sitting the last 10 years has been players going out on loan. It's felt like that's the end of their City career. However, I think one name, and it, it's mentioned in the report as well, so I'll pivot onto him, but James McAtee has shown this year that, no, actually, if you find the right club in the in the right league, at the right moment in time and the player is 
involved in that loan as well, as opposed to sort of going up to them and saying, you're going to go and play for Preston, you're going to go and play for Portsmouth, whatever club it might be. It's no, actually, they're a, they're a football team working under a coach like Paul Hackenbottom, who is who is going to use them and utilise them properly. It can be successful. And, and another news story from that Mail report um, saying that City are preparing to offer James McAtee a new contract, suggesting that he can step up into the first team next season. Now, this, it's that time of year, isn't it? I think when everyone's putting together the predicted squads for next season, we're seeing the team graphics. And I think almost every City supporter I've seen online has had James McAtee in one of those positions in midfield, be that the sort of the Bernardo Silva style midfield role or the the more withdrawn number eight, like Ilkay Gundogan plays. I want to see him in the team. I, I think he's got the capacity to step in. If not for one season, then you can, I don't know, sell him on or whatever it may be. But I think he's a really talented footballer, young player of the year for Sheffield United as well. Um, I'd love to see him step up into the senior team next year. Yeah, he to me, he is, um, and obviously take this with a grain of salt, I don't mean it at, at current level, but I think he's the perfect Gundogan replacement mm-hmm. in the sense that he is mm-hmm. that midfielder who can control the tempo, but also can be your goal-scoring threat from midfield. He can make runs in behind. He's very clinical for a midfielder. I mean, his numbers with the EDS squad were incredible as far as goals go, Um, but he can also create for others. And um, even, you know, from a build perspective, it looks like he's put on a ton of muscle in the championship. He's, he's built up to, to play in England um, at at the senior level. And and for me, um, I I just don't, again, I think city have been and and, you know, touch wood here. I know we still have a, a trouble that we're chasing, but, I think City have really been tempting fate with the amount of minutes they put into basically four midfielders' legs this season with Kev, Rodri, Gundo, and Bernardo. I, I think they've gotten really lucky with their health. Um, I think they've been one, if not two, midfielders short all season. One of those obviously being you know, Calvin Phillips being hurt. So to me, I don't think you can afford another season where City will probably play 60 matches this season with more or less four midfielders. You, you can't do that again next year. Even if they go get a player like Jude Bellingham, McAllister, someone of that level, you still need another rotation piece. And to me, James McAtee fits that role to perfection. He knows the system. He's been playing it forever. Like you said, he's played really well for Sheffield and you know Sheffield United in the championship. But what I don't want to see, and I think it's it's getting just rumored about because it's an easy thing to, to write up, is, oh, we'll just have him go back on loan to Sheffield United. Well... Mm. Playing in a, a potential relegation scrap in the Premier League is a lot different than playing in a, a you know championship top tier contender. It, that that that's two different play styles. We've seen that time and time again. So I, I would hope that Pep gives him a real chance in preseason, which it sounds like he will, and that City entertain you know the contract extension. I'm going to flip that on you. I'm kind of curious because last February they just exi- extended him to 2026. So do you think yeah. that's a either just a an article that someone's writing or is that a, a pay raise a la Rico Lewis, you know, something like that. Cause I don't really see the need for an extension. It's more, mm. is he going to stick around or, or is he going to go back out on loan? Yeah, obviously that, that was at the time when his, his deal was, about to expire I think it was set to expire at the end of this season or the end of last season I can't quite remember and he he obviously got given uh, a new contract and that was essentially sort of well we assumed it was the the this is going to be it now James McAtee is going to sort of do the Phil Foden he's going to come into the senior team and that will be that obviously it was a bit of a surprise when he went out alone reports suggested that he was the driving force behind it as well I would assume that the the latest rumored contract extension is a pay increase. It's it's a something more 
it, it will basically be saying that no, he's no longer a member of the um, sort of the academy setup, the loaning setup, blah, blah blah. He is a bona fide member of the first team, which I think it would be great to see him in there. He's got the talent, he's got the pedigree, he's got the he, he's obviously been through the club. He understands what it takes and has been coached by Guardiola as well. So I would, um, I'd, yeah, I'd be really interested to see how 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 that one develops. Um, right then, Joe, let, let's get on to West Ham then because. As I mentioned in the introduction, Arsenal made sort of no effort really to dispatch <laughs> Chelsea three-one victory there. And as funny as it is watching Chelsea, dear me, they're an absolute disgrace. It does put the pressure back on City. This is the first of two games in hand City have. The second one will come in the final week of the campaign away to Brighton. So I think it's really important for City to put it back on Arsenal again, even though City played before Arsenal play their next game again. So there's a chance for City to go four points clear. I think City need to, in these matches, make sure by whatever capacity it is, they get the three points. But also at home against a relegation struggle that they won't really be having many uh, incentives to to expect any points at the Etihad Stadium. I think City need to get out, have a comfortable night, if I'm being honest. They do. And it's funny, I was looking at the reverse fixture before we got on the podcast just to kind of take a refresher. And obviously, I remember, you know, Holland getting his brace and kind of announcing himself to the Premier League. But that, like many other instances in the Premier League this season, feels like decades ago. Something about this season's been so yeah, weird. Yeah. You know, I was even looking at the 11, you know, you had a back four with Walker and Cancelo at fullback, Nathan Ake oh at God. center back, you know, <laughs> Foden and Grealish up front, which we haven't seen in a while. And um, it, it, it just feels like City are a totally different side. And while they mm. were great on that day, um, I, I still think that, you know, they were probably a little bit lucky to to get the scoreline that they did. So again, 180 to to what we'll see on on Wednesday. Um, and, and I think for me, like I, I'm in, in agreement with you, City need to, capitalize on this they have leads at the weekend who by all accounts will be potentially under a new manager <laughs> again mm, um yeah and uh you know I, I think this is the match that they need to go all out um i could see potentially some not to look too far ahead but some rotation um at leads you know ahead mm. of the real madrid match so to me this is where pep goes strong and it's one of those get the job done in the first half and, and take it from there so that that would be my approach it sounds like you're in agreement but I just don't think that they can afford to get cute with it, you know, at, at this fixture. Yeah, absolutely. And and I almost felt like, uncharacteristically for me, I know, but the Arsenal game felt like it had a feeling before the match that City were going to get the job done in that game. They were going to get the win. My issue, my, my fear always was going to be the Fulham game, the West Ham game, the Leeds United game following up where... It, you need no invitation to get yourself up for a, for an Arsenal at home and a title decider. Right. You need a bit of invitation to get up for that Fulham game. You know that that game against West Ham where you're expected to roll up and stick four or five past them. Jobs are good. And West Ham are you know in danger somewhat. They've got stuff to play for, and it it, will, it really will be interesting to see how City approach the game. We'll, we'll do personnel momentarily, but in terms of West Ham themselves, they've had. A weird season. It's, it's crazy. They've got a European semi-final coming up in in the Conference League, <laughs> nonetheless. But they could also still 
kind of be relegated. I think they'll probably be okay. They need maybe one or two wins more. But it, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Just this, this you mentioned uh, going back to the first game of the season, the, the weirdest of Premier League seasons. It's going to go down in in all sorts of history books, in all sorts of capacities in memes and videos in TikTok you know it'll be remembered forever but West Ham Joe they've had they've had a bizarre campaign they've still got David Moyes there one of the few teams who haven't sat the manager mm-hmm. uh, I think there's only about five how do you reckon they'll they'll approach the game at the Etihad I know there were some whispers from West Ham quarters that they're going to rotate heavily with some bigger matches for them in terms of opposition down the bottom and that European semi-final against I want to say AZ Alkmaar it is, um yeah. so so yeah it's going to be I guess a free hit for them but sometimes they can be the worst sort of games yeah I mean I don't know how much I believe or don't believe those whispers of potentially resting or, or rotating mm. against City but if you, if you <laughs> Even that report aside, you can see where people would be coming from in the sense that you're going to the Etihad where City have been already on a roll, but at home they've been an absolute force. And then you have United at the weekend, um, but that's at home for West Ham ahead of the the Conference League. So I could see where, you know, not that United's a rollover, but you'd think that that better chance of getting points there than going to City um, so I could see some sort of rotation. Um, you know, their last result was just an end-to-end slugfest against Crystal Palace in a 4-3 loss. Um, and I, I know that, you know, Kurt Zuma got hurt in that. I think a lot of players really exerted themselves in that match. So in, in some ways you can see the the idea of rotation, but I'm with you. This is another match, you know, I'm sure some people would say City should, should run away with it. I, I, I'm getting a little bit of Fulham vibes where, Yes, City should win and, and probably win by a, a couple goals. But I, I, something about this West Ham side um, strike. I, I don't want to say they strike fear in me, but I just think that City need to go into it and and from minute one put their foot on the gas and, and take care of business. I, I think the moment you try to get cute, they still have players like you know Bowen, Antonio, um, obviously Declan Rice is Mister Consistent in midfield for them. Paqueta can be you know, on his day, a real problem. So I don't think that this is a match that City can go into and think, oh, we're playing a side, you know, 16th in the table or 15th in the table, excuse me, and and think they can get away with that. I do think they need to go into it strong and act like it's any other opponent that they need to get three points against. It, it, it call it what it is. It's a banana skin, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, given the the matches City have had, given the matches City have coming up, this is a game in hand that City certainly have to capitalise. Join us after the break, then, as we as we do what we always do at this time of uh, of a pre match build up and, and make ourselves look silly predicting who's going to play. It's fair to say City love themselves a bargain and there's been no better than Julian Alvarez in recent years. £15 million, what a steal. But if you fancy grabbing yourself an Alvarez-style bargain, then head over to Discount Dragon. With an array of food and drink products to choose from, you, the listener, can shop for the best high street bargains straight from the comfort of your own home. Discount Dragon is the place to find all of the best brands at better value and new customers can even get an extra £5 off all orders. UK only, terms and conditions apply. So then straight into the predicted, not so much predicted 11, but the predicted personnel. We know that Nathan Ake is back in training, which is fantastic news. Whether or not Pep Guardiola sees the Real Madrid game on the horizon and thinks maybe I don't need to rush him back too soon. Obviously, there's been 
the setup at the back has, has chopped and changed in his absence. Sergio Gomez played against Sheffield United in the FA Cup. Akanje has been deputising in that left-back role as well. So that's something we'll get to momentarily. I want to start with the midfield, though, because I think this is where we have the most talking points, as usual, with, with a Guardiola team. Rodri's played a lot of minutes and he's really starting to look like he's played a lot of minutes in that sort of holding midfield role. Obviously, Kevin De Bruyne has been missing the last couple of, uh, sorry, against Fulham and the last couple of training sessions as well. We don't know if he trained yesterday. Hopefully he did. I know there was some sort of social media <laughs> meltdown because someone who looked a lot like John Stones, people were saying, was was actually Kevin De Bruyne. People trying um, to like hyper-analyze but... a training photo was, was good fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with about seven pixels. <laughs> but if we assume maybe Alvarez goes in that role, there are still two spots in that midfield which you could probably make a case of needing to be rotated as well. Is this a time for Calvin Phillips or are we writing his season off completely? I don't think that West Ham is the time for Calvin Phillips, um, but I think that he'll feature at the weekend. Um, my, Ooh, against his old team ag- as well. Against his old team, yeah. I mean, my, my thought, and I'll focus it more on obviously the West Ham component than, than the Leeds component, is this is a midfield um, and an attack in West Ham that can, on their day, you know, again, expose any defense or any midfield. And I'd much rather see a scenario where, yes, Rodri needs to rest desperately, but this time of year you can't be taking any chances with with potentially dropping points. So against a midfield and attack like West Ham, let Rodri play. Ideally, if things go to plan, he doesn't play the full 90. And then if he can rest at the weekend ahead of Real Madrid, he'd have, what, six days of rest in between. Whereas if you try to play Calvin Phillips uh, today against West Ham and then you know, whether it goes well or not, you play Rodri at the weekend. Well, now he's playing back-to-back matches again. Um, so to me, I'm just trying to take a look at it from a 10,000-foot view. Mm-hmm. And, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I at the end of the day, I think I just fear West Ham more than I do Leeds. And I don't think that that's really a hot take. So um, I'd yeah. probably go with Alvarez and Rodri. And then, you know, to me, it's you're basically picking right between Gundogan and Bernardo. And just going off of previous match Gundogan started Bernardo didn't I'd probably take this chance to rotate and and put Bernardo next to Rodri um, with Alvarez behind Holland another man who who's played an awful lot of football in fact he's he's played in 20 let me just double check that entirely he's played in 26 premier league games this season it's jack grealish he started every single so he's he's featured in every single game for city since the world cup break that was obviously the leeds away match he looks like he's invincible but i get and and, and you know touch what he's a player who hasn't had particularly bad injury records that he's uh, Aston Villa and, and his time at City. But there's a lot of minutes in those legs. And, and we've seen in the past when Jack Grealish, even when he wasn't on his best form as he has been in recent weeks, we've seen when he drops out the team just how much City struggle. Are we are we in the are we in the realms of this season now where it's going to be at every single game, no matter the opponent, strongest or close to strongest team from the start, and you cross your fingers, you hope Erling Haaland, Alvarez, Grealish, etc., get the job done, or is there a fear that perhaps maybe if you do overplay these players like Grealish, like Rodri, if one of them picks up a niggle, suddenly that treble everybody's speaking about becomes, well, if not a distant past, a, a much harder prospect to to grasp. Yeah, at this point of the season, in my opinion, it's just about being kind of 
you know, shrewd with your rotations and, and, and not doing wholesale rotations, which we've seen, you know, Pep has made a few changes here and there. And um, strategically thinking, like I said, I, I could see Rodri starting today against West Ham. I actually think it's a match that Jack Grealish should get his rest in. Um, I think when they go to Leeds at the weekend, it'll be a much more compact uh, defense. Whereas mm. West Ham, there's a, a probably a higher possibility of it being a little bit more open. So with that, I would think now's the time to bring Foden back in, give him a start. Mares, I don't think he was brilliant against Fulham, but he did get an assist, um, you know, for for Alvarez, which again I think that was ninety nine percent Alvarez's effort. But, Doing a lot of heavy lifting. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, it goes on the stat sheet. Um, so to me, I think this is a match where Foden comes in, and this these are the kind of small subs and rotations that you make that that just give you that little extra boost for the matches like a Real Madrid or you know far, further down the line you know United in the cup final so I'd rest Jack um again he, he's looked invincible but I think those are the players where you you don't take the chance because you think it's going to go well that's when mistakes happen that's when things creep in and, and you pick up that knock that you're not expecting so I'd bring in Phil um and like I said I'd keep Mara's on the right I, I agree with Phil Foden. Um, it, it, it's just a shame, isn't it, that the likes of Cole Palmer, Calvin Phillips, Sergio Gomez, etc., haven't really had the impact they were expecting. And I know there was a few people sort of celebrating the news that Cole Palmer could be leaving the club. And, and you know, fair enough that if that's your opinion, that's your opinion. Yeah, it's, it Joe's for the benefit of the take, giving that a big <laughs> thumbs down. And, you know, I, and personally, I agree. I think with those players, they're obviously talented footballers. They just haven't had the opportunity. And it's a vicious cycle because now we're in the, the business end, as they like to say. And the games are so important, no matter the opponent, you always having to go for the strongest team. However, again, you know, you just need a bit of minutes apart from five, ten minutes at the end of a game. Right. You need a, a sort of influential, consequential minutes in the start and 11 to actually have an impact. You know, Sergio Gomez against Sheffield United, I thought, did a fantastic job. Yeah. Obviously, the, the drop-off in quality is, is quite stark. And, and it leads us to that position then because it's probably the only black hole, really, surrounding cities starting 11 against West Ham we like we said we were at that time of the campaign where we can nail down eight of the what 11 positions left back obviously we would like Nathan Ake to be as fit as possible I do think though the fact he's only returned to training this week suggests that he isn't going to be he may get on the bench I'm not going to say he isn't going to feature but I don't think he'll be a starting player against West Ham mm. obviously Akanje came in to do that role in the it, previous two games we've known Laporte has done it as well against Leicester um, do you go for the left footer because I do think City lack that sometimes against the, the previous two opponents or you know wild card Sergio Gomez my man's just chilling there getting a getting a free holiday in Manchester for a year do you chuck him in for this one get him get him all, get, get him in the shot window as you like to say this time of year yeah I don't I don't think that this is the match uh for Sergio Gomez um to be honest I don't really see a scenario where he starts another <laughs> match this season and mm. and again that's just you know, City, he's City's only true, you know, quote unquote left back. But I think that the way that City are currently setting up, there's probably three players ahead of him that make more sense to start. I mean, if I had told you in August after City beat West Ham 2 nothing with Cancelo at left back that in the reverse fixture it was going to be Manuel Akanji, you probably would have laughed me <laughs> off the podcast, uh, maybe kicked me I, off I'd, the I'd podcast. Get, I'd, I'd, have, I'd have called the season off straight there, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. It's crazy, isn't it, that we've still got three trophies to play right. for and that's the state of affairs. But I, I think looking at this match 
in isolation, I would probably keep a kanji there. Um, if nothing for the fact that, again, not to look too far ahead, but looking at the Leeds match where it's going to be, you know, a lot of attacking, very little defending. That's where I think you need a player like Laporte to break up, um, mm. break up the lines, make those diagonal passes. Whereas looking at the West Ham match, I think there's going to be a little bit more defending actually needed. And Akanji was, to me, uh, you know, flawless against Fulham in a position that is totally not norm to him. Um, so I, I'd probably keep the same back three uh, from Fulham, which was, you know, Walker, Diaz, and, and Akanji. To me, the only question is, and I'm curious what you think, Amos, do you put John Stones in in that inverted fullback role, or do you look at potentially bringing Rico Lewis back into the side, um, who has really been out of the side for a while now, mm-hmm. despite being not a problem anytime he's played? It's kind, it's kind of a weird <laughs> position that he's been in. So what do, what do you think for that? I, it, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I remember... He, and, and maybe it was coincidental or, or or sort of played a part in it that City's drop off in form I'm thinking around the Tottenham's, Tottenham matches I know we won one of them and lost one of them um, the Manchester derby as well there's a couple of other drop points in there he came into the team and maybe it was what we needed in terms of a fan base to galvanise spirit and morale at the same time you know this teenage academy product young lad local lad coming into the team you know you can really get behind him they're obviously showing the passion and the fight that other players weren't doing but it felt like he was the future in that sense it felt like you know every single game we were going to be able to see it and I I think maybe it was Aston Villa at home he got sub very early on or maybe Wolves at home one of those games and at that point, it's felt like there was a, a sort of a, a slam shut barrier on his on his season. He's only had a handful of of um, substitute appearances since. So I'd, I'd be I'd be massively surprised in the same bracket as a Calvin Phillips, as a Sergio Gomez, as a Cole Palmer, if he was to play in this in this really big match for City. You know, call it what it is. It's probably a must win in in terms of getting the points on the board, which is a shame because he looks so consummate in that role and so classy and so mature for his age and I don't know it's been it's been a bit strange his absence in recent weeks he hasn't um I'm just looking now so his last appearance was nine minutes against Sheffield off the bench Mm. his last start was Burnley so again we're talking two cup matches and then Bristol City also a cup match his last Premier League appearance was February 25th where he played the full 90 against Bournemouth so it it's been bizarre. Um, I guess just to kind of wrap up the, the Rico Lewis piece, I agree with you. It's probably unlikely he starts, but kind of alternatively to Calvin Phillips, where personally I'd be concerned if he did, would you have concerns if Lewis did start? Because I would, if Calvin did, I wouldn't if Rico did. I have confidence that he, he fills a role of, of what city are trying to do right now. It just feels like it's built for Rico's sk- skill play style and, and, for that reason, I wouldn't really be that concerned. Uh, to, to be totally frank, I wouldn't be concerned if if Calvin Phillips played, and that's maybe naivety on my part. I, I think he's he's still a classy midfielder. I think he's actually being deployed too deep for City. I think he's probably good enough to play alongside Rodri as a sort of a more advanced eight. Think Ilkay Gundogan, but without the you know the the the, the touch of class, he's obviously a bit more um, combative in that sense and and maybe a little bit slower. But I think you know I'm, I'm saying that I, I would trust most players to come into play for City. I think if Sergio Gomez's name was dropped in the team sheet, I'd actually be quite happy or pleased with that. I think he's you know a quality player. Again, it, for me, the wider topic is just these players having 
not had as many consequential minutes and maybe that's a confidence thing because no matter how poor your season's been, you don't get to Manchester City if you're if you're bad at football. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've got to be decent to some level to get into the team. Um, I, I, and again, though, I, I I do worry about the minutes in the legs. I do, I do I worry about the minutes in my voice, as you can probably tell. It's been, <laughs> it's been we're in the build up. We've been, uh, we've we've been doing plenty of podding, and and I think I might need a rest. But I, I do worry about the legs in the uh, the the um, the boys' legs going into the, this final final running. Yeah, it's. Um, I think that's why I really called back the Fulham match. It, it does feel it's that time of year where you, I don't care what the scoreline is as long as it's three points. I don't care what the performance mm. looks like as long as it's three points. And I think we're going to have a couple matches. You know, the rest of the season, City will be favored in probably every match that they play in, maybe mm. bar going to the Bernabeu. Um, and even then, they still may be, you know, the bookies' favorite. But at the end of the day, all these matches you're playing against sides that are battling for European positions, battling to stay in the Premier League, battling to stay in cup competitions. Nothing's going to come easy. But, you know, if, if you told me I have to pick one side in world football to back in these situations, it's Pep Guardiola City. And, and they've shown it time and time again that backs against the wall, they're going to be resilient. They're going to perform. And like I said, it may not be pretty, but they'll they'll usually get the job done. And I'm, I'm pretty certain they'll do that again today. And that's a lovely place to wrap up today's show. Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure. I always enjoy these one-on-one chats. It's a little bit more personable. And, and, and listeners, if you've enjoyed it as well, please, as always, follow, subscribe. I'm off for a Lemsip. I'm off for a Horlicks. I'm off for some sort of cough medicine. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll make it to the Etihad Stadium tonight. If not, you'll uh, you'll see an empty seat in Kipax Corner, no doubt. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure, Joe. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much, Amos. And until next time, a big thank you from me. We'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport. Powered by fans.